Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Everything Grows. I'm your host, Faith Pickney, and this episode means a lot to me simply because it's about social anxiety. I struggled with social anxiety for a while, and I still kind of do, but I want to share my struggles, but I also want to share my triumphs. Let's get into it. I hope you guys love this episode as much as I will, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, let's get into it. So Google describes social anxiety as a chronic mental health condition in which social interactions cause irrational anxiety. Symptoms may include excess fear of situations in which one may be judged, worry about embarrassment or humiliation or concern about offending someone. So I don't want you guys to confuse it with shyness because social anxiety and shyness are not the same thing. They may sound similar, but shyness is more so a discomfort and more awkwardness than a fear. So for instance, if I have social anxiety and another person is shy, they may just prefer to not have any attention on them. I don't think they care about being judged. I think it's more so just the fact that they would prefer a different social environment And me, on the other hand, I'm more so thinking about how I'm being perceived. So shyness is about not being perceived. Meanwhile, social anxiety is all about being perceived. So social anxiety affects everyday activities. It affects your confidence and it affects how you show up in your relationships. It explains why I avoid hanging out with people. I start believing all these intrusive thoughts not good for you. Not good. We'll get into that later. But social anxiety produces social phobia and keeps you from performing basic activities such as answering the phone, initiating conversation, job interviews, you know, like it makes it harder for you to go places alone. And it makes it even more challenging to meet new people. And imagine the struggles of making friends in your 20s. (laughs) Just imagine that already. So I'm going to talk about each of these instances I've had with social anxiety and how it's contributed to low self-esteem, overthinking, and obsession with my image, my self-image. I didn't grow up with social anxiety. I explained in a previous episode that I, in fact, was a highly sensitive child, but I never actually struggled with social anxiety. And I just remember being asked all the time. Faith, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'd say, well, I want to be on Disney Channel when I grow up. <laughs> I, in fact, was a Disney kid. I wanted to to do the acting. I wanted to do the singing. I wanted to do the dancing. At one point, I wanted to go on Broadway. When I was in middle school, like I was thinking more so about my appearance. There wasn't much emphasis on mental health. Where I grew up, mental health isn't something you talk about. Within the Black community, we don't talk about mental health. And if we do, it's very awkward and it's just very shunned. People think you're weird. If you ever say you went to go see a therapist, they're going to think you are like really on something. (laughs) Like they're going to think that you are like insane. Then, you know, they'll talk to this person, they'll talk to this family member, and then all your business is out there, and then everybody trying to figure out what your mama did wrong. <laughs> so 
by the time I was 18, I felt free. And I would say at 18, I felt pretty confident in myself. I don't think I really cared. And I mentioned this in like a past episode, but I was ready to be free and I was ready to live. And that was really before I had to care about my future. That was also the time where I started becoming more self-aware. And no, it wasn't like social anxiety, but it was more so like, I want to make sure that I'm letting like friends and family know that I'm working towards my future and that I'm not being lazy and uh, that I'm going to be diligent in my studies. I think that's where it all really started. That's where I really became aware that what you wanted to do with your life was just as important. And uh, that really affected me because I wanted to live up to this expectation everybody had of me. Everybody would say all the time, oh my gosh, Faith, like, you're such, like, you're such a sweet girl, like, you're going to do great things in life, you're always there for people, blah, 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 and I was like, okay, yeah, but, like, (laughs) do you guys even, like, know what I'm interested in doing with my life? Like, do you ever ask about that? Because I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that I always like to be the nice girl. I don't always like to be the nice girl. Sometimes I just want to be the girl that is left alone and that is able to tell people to stop talking to me, all that. I'm human. I have my moments where I just don't care. When it came to my career, I think that was like something that really pressured me because when it came to like the traditional path, that's not really what I wanted to go with. I didn't want to be a doctor. I didn't want to be a lawyer. There's nothing wrong with those uh, careers. It's just that was not me. And I know like everyone has cultural differences when it comes to choosing that. And I, and that's perfectly understandable. I would just say for me, like I knew what I wanted to do. I didn't care if, uh, if others didn't like it or not. Although, yeah, I did struggle, but I studied mass communication in school and that was like the best decision I ever made because that's where I really felt at home. But college was the first time where I felt I had to snap out of my reality into what others wanted my reality to be. People would tell me all the time, hey, like once you make it into the real world, you're gonna uh, enter this reality and you're probably not gonna be passionate about whatever it is you wanna study. And that's such a discouraging thing to say for someone who's really just trying to find themselves. Society conditions us to accept that everyone else's opinions in reality has to be ours. Why was I starting to feel ashamed of my life experience? I felt that I had a lack of life experience. And I think that was just because I was like a a sheltered child. My parents did a good job of protecting me. But then again, there were situations that I just hadn't been in before. And I had to learn how to deal with those situations when I was in school. But I did kind of feel behind a little bit. And that made me insecure. I got involved on campus. I got involved with organizations. And that was a really, really great thing for me. I think for anyone who's struggling to make friends, a teenager or as an early 20-something, the best thing you can do, especially when you're in college, is to get involved, but don't force yourself. I think we all want to be seen some way, but don't force yourself or commit to things that you know you'll be overwhelmed with. I would say do it like one step at a time. And if you make one or two friends, like stick with those friends, communicate with them, and y'all go in like do things together around campus, it really makes a difference. So that was something that I did, but I also overcommitted myself, which is nobody's fault but my own. But I was a part of this organization and it was really fun. The girls were great. But there was this one instance where I had to talk in front of 
people at the meeting. We had meetings every week and I was in charge of presenting topics that were in the news. For some reason, I felt like I couldn't do that. I got up there, I started talking, and I just felt like I didn't know what to say, and it was very scary. And by the time I was done, I had to pull a girl aside, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't I can't talk in front of people like this. Like, I can't do it. It's gonna, it, it gives me anxiety. And I was apologizing profusely for just not being engaging. I felt like my energy wasn't engaging, and I I just felt horrible, you guys. I thought about it for like the next 10 days. It was so bad. But that's what anxiety does. It creates this fear of being judged. And the thing is, you don't even know that people are judging you. People could people could just be like, oh man, she probably had a difficult day. Girl, me too. You know, like you don't actually think about the positive, like ever. You think everything is just negative and people are thinking horrible things about you. I was in charge of other things for the organization and I really just appreciated them accommodating that for me. When it came to proving myself in college, I did struggle. I also had a campus job. My job was to answer phones and it started off good but I became very insecure about myself and I felt that my supervisor was just really critical of me. She probably wasn't, you know, she was really nice, but I was critical of myself and that showed. And I just felt that I was, I felt I wasn't able to deliver the quality of work that they wanted me to. So I quit because I couldn't take it anymore. And social anxiety causes you to become not only critical of yourself, but it makes you become like irritated with everybody around you. I was blaming everybody for my insecurities. And that's my first time actually admitting that, but I in fact was blaming everybody for my insecurities. I started asking myself, like, what is wrong with me? Like, what is really going on here? Why am I so afraid? to just be a young person making mistakes. And then I remember I've been trying to live up to this standard of being the perfect child for so long. And I think I was tired at that point. Though I had some struggles with communicating, with socializing, with making friends, I did have some instances where I felt at home. I felt more accepted when I was around people who had the same major as me, who were studying in the same field as me. I was a part of this campus radio station at Texas State. It's called KTSW. And that was like the first time where I felt like I didn't have to pretend and that I didn't have to prove myself. I feel like everybody there understood me and I understood them. Even And even when I was in my more focused classes for my major, I felt the love and I felt the support that everybody had for each other. And it was a lot of fun. And this was towards like spring semester 2020. Okay. This was spring semester 2020. So you can just imagine how great life was for me when I was finally starting to like feel adventurous again and not feel too afraid. I thought I was healing at that point, but I didn't know that there was a whole global pandemic that would shut the whole place down finished up. I went on spring break and of course we never went back. And that was the beginning of another form of isolation. I graduated and I finished up in August of 2020 and I was home. 
as everybody else was. I think I was pretty happy with not having to deal with school anymore. But no one really tells you the nostalgia that you feel when you finish this part of your life. Some may feel that way, others may not. Because I just felt like everything was taken away from me. And I didn't know how to get back to that point in my life. I didn't know if I'd ever feel the happiness I felt when I was away from home. It was just a new reality for me. And I kind of woke up at that point. And I think that's when everything kind of reached a climax. I was at home a lot. I didn't really hang out with anybody. Maybe I'd go out and hang with like two or three friends, but that would be over the course of like six, seven months. So I was in the house a lot. The pandemic is going on. Jobs are like scarce at this point. And there's just so much pressure to be productive. And the productivity really got to me because I just felt like everyone else was doing better than me. And that was giving me a lot of anxiety. And if someone were to ask me, so what's going on? What are you doing now? I'd freeze up. And that's what made me avoid hanging out with people. That's what made me avoid answering any type of question centered around, what are you doing with your life? What do you plan to do with your life? What do you want to do? Where are you going to go? What's your plan? You have people coming out asking me right out of school, what are you going to do? Give me like a good year or two or three or four. (laughs) Give me time because I don't really know what's happening right now. I still don't know what's happening right now. Here I am trying to make sense of this new reality and knowing that people are expecting something of me. They're expecting me to have reached a certain level of success already. That's really when I started becoming a more introverted person. I've always been an introvert, but I would say I became more drawn back. And that's where this brings me. At one point, I didn't really know how to be a friend anymore because I was so deep in my ways of thinking about myself and about my life. I ghost people like a lot and I didn't feel bad about it until recently. This is just me being self-aware, you guys. I love being alone, but I do understand that at some point in time, you're going to have to communicate your feelings. And if you don't, you're going to be left miserable. That's a lesson that I'm still learning and still working through. There were times where I wanted to make plans and I just felt like I'm making these plans, but I'm also feeling really anxious. And now I'm starting to feel really sad and depressed. And now I want to go into like a sinking hole of sadness in my room and just never come out. That's what I started feeling. And before you knew it, like I disappeared. (laughs) But that was like a moment where I knew that I needed to do better and really start showing up for myself and proving to my social anxiety that it will not beat me. That I will be able to confidently say, yeah, you know, I have some weaknesses. I have some things that I struggle with, but that does not define me. And that does not mean that I can't get past this. I struggled a lot with talking on the phone, with trying to set up doctor's appointments, with trying to have conversations in public at grocery stores, trying to get my money ready at the cash register. I never used to have to worry about that. That is so hard to process the fact that you are struggling to do basic things. It breaks my heart to think about because I don't want to be this way. And this is not to like 
vent or anything, but I think it's more so I'm just like telling my story because it explains a lot of why I am the way I am. That's why I think I create on social media because that's the only way I know how to properly express myself and not feel bad about it. I have the freedom to say what I want. That's why creativity is such a big part of who I am because that is the only way I feel accepted is by creating. If I'm not creating, then life feels pointless. So I started creating YouTube videos again. I was creating TikToks and that was going really, really well. I started making like short form videos on Instagram. And I just feel like I'm at this point in my life where I'm okay. I I still struggle, but I'm okay. And I'm reaching the healing phase right now. And it feels so good to say that I am healing and I see the progress happening. So my encouragement to anyone going through something like this is to press on. Press on and believe that you will get through it. It's not easy to wonder to yourself if you'll ever be able to work in person again or if you'll ever be able to talk to your friends again. I think we all miss a part of who we were before the pandemic. I think about her a lot because she was she was fearless. <laughs> she was fearless and she took a lot of things for granted, but I don't want to be that girl anymore. Yeah, I struggle now a little bit, but this new version of faith is really the beginning of a better life, a better way of communicating with people, a better way of loving myself, of loving others. I'm reaching that phase of my life and I just want to continue on this journey and not feel that I have to prove myself anymore. Because God is really the only one that sees me for me, that really sees me through and through. And I forget to talk to him a lot. I sit here crying and I don't have to walk this journey alone. I don't have to do everything on my terms. Sometimes I just gotta press in and walk with him and I'm gonna be all right. Wow, so that was like a fairly passionate episode. Wow. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode of Everything Grows. If you want to connect with me, follow me at Everything Grows on Instagram and make sure that you tune in to next week's episode because I'm going to be doing a two-part series on content creation. Check back next Thursday. See you later.